A new bill in the state legislature would institute a new form of rent control statewide. Also, public health advocates are demanding the city redirect funds to fix Balboa Park's decrepit bathrooms. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Phil Molnar, you're a business reporter with the UT, and you had an interesting story yesterday about a bill in the legislature that would institute a form of rent control, although they're not really selling it that way. Why don't you explain what this bill would do? Yeah, so the author likes to call it a rent gouging bill, but most analysts and especially critics call it a rent control bill. So Mm -hmm. basically what it would do is for the entire state of California, it would make it so that a landlord couldn't raise your rent more than 5% a year plus whatever the rate of inflation is. Mm -hmm. So for us in San Diego, that'd be like around 7.2 to 7.5%. So it would limit basically these really high rent increases that a lot of San Diegans, a lot of Californians have been dealing with for years. Um, It's the bill name is Assembly Bill 1482. And actually, I wrote the story. It was in today's paper. And then you know, uh, I guess just a few hours ago now, it passed out of committee, so now it goes to the full state assembly for a vote. Mm-hmm. And we know that San Diego and much of Southern California has exceedingly high rents. Many people are rent burdened. But how big is the problem of people having their rents increase drastically year over year? How common is that? Well, you know, the weird thing about that is it, a lot of times it's hard to track. Uh, we... A lot of a lot of times it's like mom and pop landlords and all that kind of stuff, and there's nearly like 20 million renters in California, so it's hard to judge everybody. But we do know, okay, from looking at pretty accurate San Diego County rental data that rents are now up about 2.7 percent uh, since last year. Mm-hmm. So that's significantly below the 7.2 threshold. Okay, so rents were going very high in 2015. And in the third quarter, rents increased 7.5% in a year. Mm -hmm. So there is some precedent here for a lot of people dealing with really high rent increases. So rent control is currently used in Los Angeles and some other cities have it. So what are the basic pros and cons of rent control when it comes to keeping prices down? Yeah, um, well, that is that's a good point you make because San Diego County is one of the very few places in the entire state without any form of rent control in the entire county. But basically, um, rent control. When we talk about it, it's a lot of times there's like different forms of it. Like, how does that look? Like in San Francisco, you move into an apartment, it could have really high rent, but they really then as long as you stay there and keep resigning your lease, your landlord sort of prevented from increasing the rates. Um, the argument going on for 30 years about rent control is that if you say the landlord can't raise their rents, what that landlord's going to do is not fix up their home and it's going to be pretty junky mm-hmm. and that's bad. Um, you know, but what we found last time in the in the rent control debate, one thing to note is a lot of us are paying in San Diego County are paying very high rents and still living in dumps. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen some just horrible places that people are paying, you know, 1100 1200 1700 and it's just a shock, you know. So, but the other argument is um, that rent control will make people less want, 
less desirable to want to build a new apartment complex mm-hmm. because if they can't raise the rents as much as they'd like every year, that might affect their bottom line, blah, blah, blah. They're not going to build a new apartment tower. So that's pretty much the argument against it. But the argument for is more that, you know, from tenants' rights groups and people are, that are aware of the affordability concerns here, it's just, you know, um, unless we do something to stop the rents uh, going up, you know, they're, we're all going to have to move out. We'll all be living in our cars and living in tents and all this kind of stuff. So that's that's the argument on the other side. Mm-hmm. And uh, one other thing of note is that Assemblyman Todd Gloria voted for this bill, and he's also running for mayor. So do you think this is a sign that rent control might be part of the political conversation in San Diego in the future? Yeah, I do. And I actually think, just seeing the headwinds here, it's like last year there was that big rent control measure, which actually got voted down. Mm -hmm. But it only got voted down by like 60% of voters, which isn't like huge. And considering how much money, millions and millions of dollars, the biggest corporate landlords in California spent on this, like I was just reviewing it the other day, like Blackstone, which is one of the biggest uh, landlords in San Diego County. Like, mm-hmm. if you live in uh, an apartment tower somewhere here, there's a chance Blackstone might own it. Pretty good one. And uh, they spent, I mean, I think this was like even the month before the election, they had already spent about $5 million to defeat it. So with that much money having to be spent to defeat this thing, um, I just think maybe even with this like 7%, you know, rent increase a year, I think some developers and, you know, business leaders might be seeing the writing on the wall that they're, they're going to have to do something. If they're not going to build more houses, uh, which seems increasingly likely, then they at least have to do something to try and get their rents under control for the people that still live here. Certainly, there's lots of changing in the housing market, but it seems to move very slowly. Yes, extremely slow. All right. Phil Molnar, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Jennifer Van Grove, you cover growth and development for the Union Tribune. And sometimes that growth and development has to involve some, uh, you know, bathrooms in Balboa <laughs> Park. They're very bad. They certainly could use some growth and development, according to this one report. Why don't you explain how did the situation get so bad? Well, I don't know if I can explain how it got so bad, but I can explain where we are today. Mm-hmm. So... A guy named Renee Smith, who is a retired system architect, he's not affiliated with any of the park groups, but um, he is a park advocate. He took some of the city's um, facility conditions assessment data, and he he ran like some crazy like number data thing um, back in July, and then he decided to pull that data out and look just at what are called comfort stations. Um, right. That's the city's term for them, but they're they're bathrooms. Yeah. They're, they're the public toilets, and he looked at all 23 of the toilets that are owned and operated by the city of San Diego. And so there are other toilets in the park that are operated by the museums or the nonprofit, um, like the Balboa Park Conservancy. Those aren't those weren't studied, and those you know if you're gonna go to the bathroom at Balboa Park, you should probably go to one of those. Mm-hmm. He looked at these 23, and he found deplorable conditions that basically should suggest that they all should be well, not all, but most should be torn down. 
Yeah, I read the report, and they likened some of the toilets to worse than in third world countries. And I remember we had a letter to the editor not too long ago that had that same point of like, this is what happens if we don't maintain things. It's it's really upsetting. There were images in that report. There are images that John Gibbons, our photographer, took. I've, I've been in some of these bathrooms, unfortunately, myself. Um, and I think we, as San Diegans, have come to expect some pretty bad conditions. You don't know what you're going to get. Are you going to encounter a homeless person living in there? Most of the time, you're not going to get a door. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the Park and Recreation Department and asked why, because I think there's some mis- misinformation that maybe the doors were removed to prevent like drug use or sex. But um, Parks and Rec said most of those doors weren't there when those bathrooms were created, which I think were range from the 40s to the 70s. I guess that was part of the design. I don't I don't know that for sure, but that's mm-hmm. what I was told. But still, you don't have a door. And then on top of it, the plumbing doesn't work. The plumbing Ugh. doesn't work. And, you know, the infrastructure just doesn't work anymore. So the cost to, like, repair it would be um, almost as great as the cost to replace it. Yeah, it's, and it seems like there's consensus that this problem has got bad enough. Something has to be done. So who's starting that conversation as to how these could be torn down or replaced or improved if they could be? Yeah, so all of the groups um, in the park, according to um, the Balboa Park Conservancy, which is one of the groups, they say that everyone's kind of aligned, that something needs to be done on these bathrooms, but also building roofs. And so they've kind of been working behind the scenes to to collectively um, appeal to Chris Ward, who's the council member for their district, but also to the mayor. Um, And the goal is to take, so there was $9.5 million in money that was allocated by the city a couple years ago towards the Plaza de Panama project, which we know is, it's dead. It's Mm -hmm. not happening. Um, But that money is still allocated. It doesn't mean, you know, it exists in cash form, but it's been allocated in a budget somewhere. So since we're going through this budget process right now, the mayor is currently working on his um, May revision. The idea is that if these groups come together, then they can lobby the mayor to make sure that that money just gets moved into a pot that is Balboa Park specific. Um, And kind of helping them along last Thursday, the Balboa Park Committee, which is the mayor's advisory group, they voted to do just that. So they used this guy, Renee Smith's study. Um, They were just actually going to get an information update on the bathrooms, but they decided they needed to take an emergency action and vote to press the mayor to put this $9.5 million into the park for restrooms and roofs. And and so that's kind of where we're at now. So, But we may know as soon as next week where this money is going. Mm-hmm. And uh, several years ago during the hepatitis A outbreak, San Diego had a real honest conversation about what happens if we restrict bathroom usage. It creates a public health crisis. So this is a chance for reasonable infrastructure to be built in a place that's public to people who have homes and people who don't. Do you think there's a sense of urgency now, the fact that we've already had a health crisis and it could theoretically happen again if we don't build solutions for the realities of being human? Yeah, I mean, I'm only speculating here, but I would say given our history with the hepatitis A breakout or um, issue that, uh, yes, there is a sense of urgency because, you know, we went through this crisis as a city already and these conditions are part of the problem that we're, you know, that caused that. So absolutely, in my opinion, it's creating a sense of urgency. 
two bathrooms are actually in the work to be replaced. Um, they're on what's called the West Mesa, which is uh, the, off of um, Sixth Avenue there. So mm-hmm. those two bathrooms at Sixth and Thorn and Sixth and Nutmeg, we know are are being replaced. So there is hope if you need to use the bathroom mm-hmm. on that side of the park. All right, Jennifer Van Grove, thank you so much. Thank you. In other news, plans to redevelop the Carlsbad Airport could be on the 2020 ballot. Improvements to the McClellan-Palomar Airport have been a source of debate, as some residents fear a more active airport could create more noise, traffic, and pollution. Still, redevelopment is likely coming either way, and that's because the county and the city have settled a lawsuit over redevelopment. Those quality-of-life concerns are likely never to be addressed, as the federal government requires airports to accommodate all aircraft that wants to land there, assuming they can safely do so. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. The Union Tribune is compiling a new San Diego history book. This is a sequel to San Diego Memories, which showcased photography of the region prior to 1939. This new book would feature photography from the 40s and the 50s, and a 176-page hardcover book. If you have old photos, you can submit them too. Check out the show notes for details. Until next time.